the difference I think between, you know, a good athlete and someone that, that makes it to that next level isn't so much the overall challenge of their training or the volume of their training, um, but one, the intent and just structuring it efficiently and effectively so that you're, you know, there's a reason behind what you're doing versus just working out for the sake of working out. And then two, the consistency of that, um, you know, so anyone can go out there and, and do a, a solid, you know, two hour training day from time to time or a couple of days a week. Uh, but the difference is the person who can string those together consistently for months and years and even potentially decades on end with, with minimal interruption um, versus people that are kind mm -hmm. of on for a little while and then off and then on for a little while and then off. So it's, it's more about the consistency um, and then the quality of that programming than just the amount of volume and the intensity that you're putting in. Hello, friend. If you are joining me for the first time, welcome. I'm your host, Daniel Weiss a certified nutrition coach, educator, and a hybrid athlete. I've created this show to help you make educated choices in your nutrition, training, and life, improve your health, feel energetic, and look athletic. I have been working with people who simply want to look and feel better, athletes who want to challenge themselves, but also with fitness professionals who want the best for their clients. I also know that nutrition education is not all that matters and it would not be possible without the right mindset. So this is the topic that I pay special attention to. Now, just before we start, I would like to invite you to visit my website where you can find free guides. Just go to link danweiss.eu forward slash guides. There are free to download guides about nutrition, there are some recipes, and even a meal plan. Oh, hi, Alec. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me okay? Yes, what about you? Yeah, I can hear you just great. Um, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to, to chatting about nutrition and um, all that stuff with you. Yeah, that's amazing. And thank you once again for finding time because so we just connected like a few days ago. Uh, we started together and I mean, right away, we were able to schedule this talk together, which is, I think is really amazing. So I, I'm really excited to talk about yeah, you know, and there's... what you are doing and uh, how other people can also get inspired, can get some value and maybe some training tips and nutrition tips from you. Of course, man. You know, I, uh, I gave a look at your, your page and there's, there's so many nutrition pages out there on Instagram and on the internet and that kind of thing. And it's so tough to come across good information these days. Um, especially, especially for vegans or plant-based athletes, I feel like there's so much bad info floating around out there. Um, so I really appreciate the content you're putting out. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to chatting with you and getting to hear more from you as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so for anybody who is like listening, who doesn't know you, like I, I didn't know you until recently, uh, who are you? Yeah, yeah. What's your story? <laughs> and... <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm, I like to do a little bit of everything in terms of, uh, you know, athletic pursuits and whatnot. Um, I guess I'm most famous uh, for uh, two things. One is being a member of the inaugural Spartan Race Pro Team. So back in 2012, 2013, I was competing professionally on the Spartan race circuit. I've done several hundred events uh, in the sport of obstacle racing, have over 50 podium finishes to my name. Did that for several years, got a little bit burnt out, um, kind of shifted gears just to coaching uh, and helping other people for a while. And now I'm getting back into more structured competition. I'm doing a little bit more CrossFit type of stuff nowadays. Um, and I hold the world record or best known time for the famous Murph workout which is that one mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, one mile run. Uh, so I'm, I'm fairly well known for that as well. <laughs> yeah, and I actually watched uh, the video of the record that uh, I think you recorded with Obstacle Racing Media and uh, I mean, they covered the event online. Uh, it was exciting to watch and also uh, that pull-up bar, I mean, you know, it was not pretty stable, so really great job there. Thank you. Yeah, the pull-up bar is a little bit wobbly. I'm looking forward to hopefully beating my time this year when the event comes up again in uh, a couple months. 32-41-59. What's the record? Sweet. What was the record, man? 
34-13. He didn't just do it. He smacked it. Oh, awesome. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you. Thank you. And <laughs> yes, so uh, as I found out, and many people don't know that about you, I bet also from maybe also from your followers that you are vegan and plant-based athlete. So can you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into that? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so I've been fully plant-based, fully vegan for over 15 years. Um, so since I was um, 13, 14 years old, actually, um, I've been vegan. And to be honest, it's not something I talk about a lot. It's not something I share a lot on my social media and that kind of thing. Uh, there's a variety of reasons for that. I mean, for one, I, I like to focus more on the athletic training side of things. Um, nutrition is not as big of right. a passion as mine. But to be totally honest, I feel like the vegan community is one that I clash with um, quite often. Um, there's uh, so many vegans that I feel like are just off the deep end in terms of like um, just being absolutists, being a little bit uh, wacko with some of their, their beliefs. And I prefer not to be associated mm -hmm. with a lot of that. You know, I like to think of myself as someone that's, you know, sensible, evidence-based, um, all that kind of stuff. And I think there's tremendous opportunity for good plant-based nutrition education to be put out there. Uh, but I feel like a, a lot of vegans, you know, they make a, a bad name for us with some of the misinformation that they put out there uh, and just some of the, the poor practices that they engage in. Uh, so I love to, to help people with it. I love to share how being plant-based or being vegan can be potentially helpful for, for you, your health or the environment or whatever it is. Uh, but I try to take a very sensible approach um, to that. Yeah, and that sounds exciting. And uh, another thing is, like you already mentioned, you are focusing primarily on uh, training on that side of the equation. So uh, you are a hybrid athlete and that's like close to my heart because I also race Spartan or well, this is like my primary sport, but I'm also um, getting interested in more like high rocks training and uh, these kind of things. So I also saw in one of your posts uh, that moving from Spartan race more to high rocks, you had to put on more muscle mass and that also allowed you to feel more athletic and strong and so on and i see that many athletes they just try to be leaner lighter especially when it comes to endurance sports but people like let's say you uh they they want to be like strong and fast and have also some kind of endurance and also when i started this journey my idea was i want to take on pretty much any challenge i want I don't necessarily want to be like best marathon runner. I know I will not be the strongest person out there, but I want to have that kind of balance. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like what, what, what was your observation as you were also gaining weight and getting stronger and how it yeah. influenced you? Yeah, so when I was competing in, in Spartan race and ultra marathons and stuff several years ago, I was regularly racing at, um, you know, 135 to 145 pounds or so. And now I'm closer to 165. So I've gained 20 to 30 pounds or, um, you know, like 15 plus kilos. Um, so I've gained quite a bit of weight. Uh, and that, that comes with one, just a, a shift in my training emphasis of, of intentionally trying to build a little bit of muscle with my training, but also a nutritional shift as well. Uh, when I first um, started thinking about performance nutrition and I was competing in a lot of these events back in the day, uh, I definitely tried to eat clean, which is something you've probably heard a lot and a lot of people do. And there, there's nothing wrong with, you know, trying to have a high quality diet and that kind of thing. But I think for me, you know, eating really clean came at the expense of just getting enough to, enough calories to support some things I wanted to do. Um, and naturally that did lead me to say a little bit smaller, a little bit leaner, but I had a lot of difficulty actually putting on muscle mass um, while also engaging mm -hmm. some of these really high volume endurance events. So as my training priorities shifted a little bit uh, and my nutritional emphasis shifted a little bit, I moved away from super, super clean eating. Um, you know, I'm still 100% plant-based, um, but I'm not as, uh, you know, you could say orthorexic. Uh, I think that's a, a term mm -hmm. that's fairly popular these days in terms of being very limited in, in what qualifies as good enough or clean enough or whatever. Um, definitely moved away from that kind of mentality. And that's made it much easier for me to actually feel appropriately and, and be the healthiest, best performing athlete that I can. Yeah, certainly. And also 
what did you mean when you wrote also about it that you feel more athletic as you gained weight and um, maybe having more power has your health also changed in any way um you know i think i've never had any health problems right for for my entire life as a as an athlete uh, and also very fortunate in that in that respect uh, i feel mentally healthier in the sense that eating is not something that i have to think about or expend a lot of mental energy on um, honestly it's one of the last things i think about i think so many people especially athletes are kind of constantly thinking about well did i eat enough here did i eat enough here was that healthy enough or oh shoot, I, I shouldn't have eaten that. Uh, and to be honest, like that's not something that's part of my my life at all. I, I hardly think about my nutrition for more than a couple minutes a day. Um, not to say that I eat like garbage or I, I don't have a good diet, right? Um, but it's just so ingrained into my lifestyle in the form of just healthy habits and things that I, I do that it's not something I have to consciously think about. Um, so if you did want to think about it in terms of my health, you know, mentally healthier, Yes, less stressed. Yes, uh, and I think that all leaves more, you know, mental energy uh, and you know capacity for stress. It can dedicate towards other things and more productive pursuits. Yeah, definitely. Uh, by the way, anybody who is joining and you have any questions, drop them down in the comments and we can answer them. So, uh, for example, what I noticed is I'm, uh, you know, I started also training more like endurance and just running, and I was running more and more and more and more. Uh, then I started adding some uh, like workouts, but this was like bodybuilder kind workouts, right? So it's a, you are not training like a hybrid athlete. You are just putting two things together. And actually, uh, at that stage, my health was worse than it is now, certainly. And that uh, was connected also with what you just said, like uh, trying to clean as much as possible or as clean as possible uh, you know like not anything process would not go i was also making like energy gels at home and energy bars actually from beans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on paper you know it, it, it looked really fantastic but not really easy to digest so uh as i started training more and more or moving that more towards strength that I'm focusing more on right now. I know that my energy is better, my performance is better, like my life is better, my sleep is better, and so on. So I, I attribute this to some also hormonal changes uh, to the body. So that, at least from my perspective, from my view, that's kind of downside of pure endurance training. When you do that, you are wearing yourself down to some extent. Yeah, and I, th I think you, you brought up an important point there is the, the whole hormone health thing, uh, which kind of sounds crazy and, and I don't want to oversimplify things here, but um, the statement like processed foods are actually good for your hormones sounds just completely wacko. Um, but when you when you think about it, if you're a hybrid athlete that you know engages in a lot of endurance activity and is trying to build a lot of muscle and all these kind of things, and you have a, a very, very high calorie intake or caloric requirement, if you're trying to put down five, 6,000 calories a day worth of kale and black beans, uh, one, you're gonna spend all day on the toilet. Um, you're probably taking in hundreds of grams worth of fiber uh, and the impact of all of that fiber, all that roughage can actually have a negative impact on your hormones in that vast quantity. Um, so for someone that does have super high calorie needs, you know, moving away from that, some of that kind of stuff, not saying don't eat your leafy greens, don't eat your produce, like it's still very, very important to do that kind of stuff. But you can have too much of a good thing, even something as simple and healthy as water or greens or whatever. Um, and when you're looking at very, very extreme situations like a hybrid athlete with just monstrous caloric needs, um, it's very easy actually to get too much of good things um, if you're really, really focused on that kind of clean eating mindset. Um, so actually allowing yourself to have some processed foods or a little bit of sugar here and there, or you know, God forbid a, a pint of ice cream counts as a thousand year calories for the day um you know i'd much rather do that than you know spend 45 minutes you know on the toilet getting rid of a thousand calories worth of kale you know what i mean yeah uh, i know <laughs> <laughs> or, or or being bloated exactly just you know and not feeling uh, ready to train 
so there's something so i guess one of the topics that i wanted to also speak about is like uh, people can look at you at your performance and they might be asking like okay i would love to maybe push my performance to test my limits especially men and what it actually takes to perform at such high level yeah let's give them some kind of like estimation i want to see like this is what you do let's say this is kind of ceiling or maybe close to the ceiling and then what an average person who is serious about their training but also they are not professional athlete what they can do what they can sure. realistically expect you know i think the the biggest difference here is so many people look at professional athletes and they think like oh gosh they must be training six hours a day or eight hours a day or something just completely crazy uh and it's it's certainly not the case in in most people granted it does take a lot of hard work you know i, I might spend two hours on any given day engaging in some form of structured training i also try to be fairly active in terms of my overall lifestyle habits. I go for a lot of walks. Um, I don't have a car actually, so I can use the bicycle. So I'm getting a lot of that kind of just healthy movement throughout the day on top of my structured training. But if you look at any given day, it's not that that wild, uh, if you know what I mean. The difference I think between you know a good athlete and someone that, that makes it to that next level isn't so much the overall challenge of their training or the volume of their training, um, but one, the intent and just structuring it efficiently and effectively so that you're you know there's a reason behind what you're doing versus just working out for the sake of working out and then to the consistency of that um you know so anyone can go out there and, and do a, a solid you know two-hour training day from time to time or a couple of days a week uh but the difference is the person who can string those together consistently for months and years and even potentially decades on end with with minimal interruption um versus people that are kind mm -hmm. of on for a little while and then off and then on for a little while and then off so it's it's more about the consistency um and then the quality of that programming than just the amount of volume and the intensity that you're putting in because like i said for me a typical day might be two hours or so of structured training between strength training and, and some cardiovascular conditioning which is not all that much compared to the training that a, a lot of everyday gym folks are, are already doing yeah definitely so in other words or at least from my perspective if i can offer my perspective here is that um average people they are amateur athletes they try to copy what professional athletes do or at least what they think that they do and that they should do but they are underest um yeah, underestimating the recovery and that the let's say pro athletes or whatever they might not have that added stress from life from work or they might not have children for example so you might be working out hard or even harder but if you are not recovering properly if you are not managing that stress then something has to give and that is your overall performance then injuries happen or you cannot stick with the training and yeah then you cannot stay consistent that makes a, a huge difference for sure and then another thing that you know amateur athletes or, or average people will do incorrectly is they always assume that more is better and they don't have the patience to wait yeah. for the adaptation to occur from a, a proper training session so for example they'll they'll do a workout for a while they'll be frustrated that not getting stronger or faster or whatever so then they just push a little bit harder or they do a little bit more um, because they don't have that patience to just wait and let that adaptive process unfold so they end up maybe even pushing a little bit too hard um, or again, compromising recovery. They try to get back out there sooner, thinking that doing more work in less time or something is going to help them get even better. Um, when in reality, they end up pushing themselves maybe a little bit too hard or beyond what they, they're really capable of. And they don't realize that, that it's that way. They don't realize that they're pushing themselves too hard, again, because they compare themselves to other athletes. Maybe they're on Instagram looking at some professional athlete and they're like, well, this person did it. They're working out three, four hours a day. I'm only working out one or two you know, I should be able to do more. It's just not, it's just simply not appropriate for them and the level that they're at and they get impatient and frustrated and then they get stuck. Yeah, awesome. So guys who are joining once again, if you have any questions, post them down below and we will try to answer them. And I know that you have a lot of content, a lot of valuable content also about like these workouts. I was going also through some uh, Q and A's that you were doing, and I mean, these were like really excellent advice, really excellent 
answers to help people uh, understand the training process, how to uh, train better, how to recover better, and so on. So this really, like you said, it's not seen as much in the fitness community on the Instagram or generally in the fitness space. And this is something that we have to fight against. So yeah, I really appreciate all this amazing information. And if you haven't seen it, go check out um, your, or your, I mean, uh, Alex account on Instagram where he has all of these important information and stuff. Thank you so much, Dan. I, I really appreciate you. And, uh, you know, you have some fantastic content as well. So if you're listening from my side, if you do want some great advice uh, on plant-based nutrition, if that's been your interest, then check out Dan's page. He has some really cool info. Yeah, thanks. So, and uh, regarding when we're speaking about managing stress and recovery and this training process and in context of uh, people who are not professional athletes, I guess that Spartan race is actually a good example because there are many pro Spartan racers who are not full-time athletes. So I, I think that is also something to say that they devoted their life to some extent, they train hard, but they also have family, they have also their jobs and so on. So yeah, you can be pretty competitive if you manage your training and nutrition and recovery and sleep, all these things. Uh, pretty well yeah yeah for sure and there's so many good examples of of athletes that have full-time jobs that are phenomenal athletes even in other sports i think of uh michael wardian a, a famous marathon and ultra marathon runner who works uh full-time as well and it's, it's really not that unheard of um you know as long as you're paying attention to those things like sleep and stress and, and all all of that because um, in reality even the full-time training schedule is not that many hours in a day it's just the ability to to focus on recovery and not engage in some of the, the other things that are so common, um, you know, like binge drinking or, you know, staying up too late on a regular basis to try to wake up early for work. If you're doing a good job managing all those other lifestyle factors, it's more than possible to also fit in, you know, normal life commitments on top of a pretty intense training training schedule. Uh, there are just going to be those kinds of sacrifices that you, you have to make along the way if it's something you really care about. Yeah, definitely. So when we speak about recovery and uh, training, people seem to have that idea, or at least I get often asked this question that what is more important? Is it like training or is it nutrition? And I think like, well, both are important, but people want that kind of simplistic answer, like, you know, it's 50% nutrition, 50% training or 80% yeah, yeah. nutrition and 20% <laughs> or something so what's your take on that yeah yeah i always hate trying to find that like percentage-based answer because just as you know it doesn't really work that way i think the best analogy that i can make is is when people ask you know is it more important to study hard or yeah uh, you know do you just have to be smart and have have the brains right and it's like there's you all we all know that that example of the person who uh you know didn't have to study at all and still made good grades and all that kind of stuff uh and that's certainly possible there's people out there like that just like there's people out there who just work really hard with their training and their nutrition is, is total garbage and they still perform really well. Um, on the flip side, you also have those people who they may not be, you know, super, super smart. Naturally, they have to study, they have to work really hard, they have to put in the effort um, to get their good grades or whatever it is. Um, just like you have people who have to really be diligent about their nutrition and they rely on that for more of the results. Obviously, best case scenario is, is best of both worlds. The person who's naturally really smart or gifted and puts into work and studies hard, just like best case scenario, you train hard and you you apply good nutrition principles. Um, so you can't really separate the two. Obviously, there's people who, who are able to get away with uh, you know certain bad nutritional practices or bad training practices and all that kind of stuff, in large part due to good genetic potential or, or otherwise. Um, but, you know, it's really 100% both. Yeah, and uh, when you speak about bad nutritional practices, uh, what are those from your perspective? You know, especially... Or what are the most common that you see? Yeah, um, people are always asking in terms of, like, plant-based nutrition. Um, they, they overcomplicate it. They ask all these questions and kind of forget that the basic principles of good nutrition apply to everyone, regardless of any specific, yeah. you know, dietary, um, you know, you know, specific diet that you follow, whether it's, it's vegan or, um, keto or intermittent fasting or, or whatever, like you name, you name the diet, 
um, if it works for someone, the, the big reasons why that diet might work for you are the same. Um, so generally speaking, if someone switches to like a plant-based diet and if they find that it works for them and they're feeling better, like, well, you're probably feeling better, not just because you're eating plant-based, it probably has the moral effect that now you're getting more fruits and vegetables. Now you're getting more fiber and antioxidants in your diet. You know, there's nothing magical about vegan or plant-based. It just shifted your diet in the direction it needed to move. Likewise, if someone was vegan and they're like, you know, I felt great when I started eating meat again, it's not that they started eating meat again. It's more likely that that helped shift their macros in, in favor of maybe protein that they were struggling to get based on how they had structured the diet previously. Um, so there's no magic in this specific diet. It's all about what does that diet, you know, lead your, your overall nutritional habits to look like. Uh, and as far as really important, just basic nutritional habits that you need to focus on, getting the right amount of calories for your goals and your activity level uh, is first and foremost. And number two, hitting, you know, baseline um, protein intake or protein minimums. If you're getting the right amount of calories and the right amount of protein, you can thrive and succeed as an athlete, regardless of which kind of specific diet program you're following. Um, those are by far the two most important. Beyond that, getting adequate, you know, produce, hydration, uh, you know, having a balanced kind of micro micronutrient, making sure you're getting plenty of vitamins and minerals and all that kind of stuff. But more often than not, it's hard to screw up too bad if you're getting enough calories and getting enough protein, because those foods tend to be fairly nutritious overall anyway. Um, so you focus on those two things just as a, you know, your main focus item, get the calories, get the protein, you're probably going to be in a really good place starting out. And if you're having a lot of nutritional struggles on a specific diet program right now, I'd look at those two things first and foremost and see if there's any big holes there. Um, so that kind of answer the question. I, I, I guess you're very fair. And so when you speak about like big nutritional problems, it's like uh, what I see specifically in vegan community, they just, uh, often ask like, well, I feel tired. Why is that? You know, and people start commenting, it's vitamin B12, you know, uh, or iron. Supplement iron, supplement vitamin B12, or supplement calcium, or whatever it is, like these vitamins and minerals. And uh, then you go deeper into the like, how long have you been vegan? Well, for two days, right. <laughs> or three days, you know? Yeah. And like, well, it takes a few years to deplete your B12 stores, whatever it is. Uh, so it's probably not that, right? But people like these kind of answers, and they completely omit that. Well, before you were eating 3,000 calories, now you are eating 1,000 because you are eating salads only. Right. So, yeah, look at the calories first and foremost. Yeah, you often see some sort of very big macronutrient shift whenever people change like a diet program uh, or even something as simple as they're just going to start any diet program. Like they start paying attention to what they're eating. They start tracking or journaling their food, yeah. whatever. Um, that kind of conscious awareness of what they're eating often leads to fairly big changes. And maybe all of a sudden there's a huge drop off in calories or their carbohydrate intake cuts in half when they actually start paying attention to what they're eating or whatever, you know, and that leads them to feel a lot differently. Um, not to say that things like iron or zinc or B vitamins, not to say those things aren't really, really important, but like you said, people often feel tired or feel like negative effects from a certain type of diet. It's a few days in before that stuff could, you know, possibly have any negative impact on how they feel or what their health is. And it often has, again, like you said, has to do more with like nutrition or change in electrolyte, I'm sorry, um, calories, change in electrolyte balance or hydration or sudden drop off in carbs or something along those lines, more so than it does the actual quality of their vitamin and mineral intake. Yeah, totally. And I think there was a kind of interesting study they did on uh, pro athletes and it was like they uh, reduced their micronutrient intake uh, specifically i think well i don't remember clearly but uh, they wanted to demonstrate like what is the importance of micronutrients and over one month there was like no drop off in their performance even though they were like micronutrient deprived right <laughs> so those things will definitely catch up with you over time but in the, the short term probably, yeah. probably not a huge huge deal and you know Practically speaking, if you're hitting the macros you need to hit, as long as you're not eating, you know, like a four-year-old and relying on like just sodas and straight cooking oil and, you know, just like absolutely bizarro stuff to, to fuel yourself. If you're eating a reasonably healthy diet, um, you know, by anyone's standard, something that seems reasonably healthy and you're hitting those macros you need to hit, you're probably not going to be too far off. Uh, and of course, you know, take a multivitamin or something like that. It's a good insurance policy. Um, I'm not going to say not to do those kinds of things, 
But if you're, you know, sticking to some basic healthy habits, like take a multivitamin, take some omega-3, eat just a reasonable amount of fruits and vegetables and hit your macros, you're probably not going to have a lot to worry about outside of, you know, specific, uh, you know, medical conditions or, uh, you know, health problems along those lines. So actually, that's going to be an interesting question. What are your macros? <laughs> Um, you know, like I said, I don't think about my nutrition all that much. I have a, a general idea of where they are at intuitively, um, just from like past periods mm -hmm. of tracking and, and things along those lines. Um, I'm probably around 200 grams of protein, um, five to 600 grams of carbs and 150 grams or so of fat on any given day. Uh, it could probably vary quite a bit depending on, on the day to day. I tend to be fairly high fat, fairly high calorie overall. Uh, you know, I'm on my feet all day for work. Um, I tend to get 20 to 30,000 steps most days, plus I commute on, on the bike, plus I'm training for one to two hours a day. Um, so my calorie needs are really, really high, largely due to that just time on feet and stuff, um, more so than even the training uh, itself. So I have to get a lot of calories. I find, you know, if I go on vacation, uh, if I'm traveling and I'm not eating as much as I normally eat, my weight starts to plummet pretty quickly. Uh, if I wasn't pretty diligent with that, I would probably be naturally kind of that really skinny um, type of person. Uh, so it takes a little extra effort for me to actually maintain the size that I, I do have. Um, so my macros tend to sit fairly high. I'd be willing to bet, you know, if 99% of people applied my macros, they probably gain weight really quickly. Uh, I just have very high calorie needs. Yeah, so take, take this with, <laughs> with in context. And uh, actually, I think you brought up a good point. Like if you would not focus, let's say, or pay attention to that, you would probably lose weight and lose muscle mass, right? And uh, I'm on the same side, like I, I really need to focus on my eating. Without that, if I would just eat, quote unquote, intuitively, uh, I have a tendency to under eat. And uh, I know that's not the, like everyone's problem, not everyone is the same, but I just found it interesting that you experienced the same thing. Yeah. So uh, would you guess that uh, you pay attention or, or how does it work for you? Do you have like a schedule like after each workout, I make sure to refuel or how does that look like? Um, I, the first thing I'll say about that is just in general, like in terms of nutrition stuff, you have to be really careful uh, looking at what works for other people and then applying it to you. Um, you know, if someone just yeah. is watching me and watching my day and watching me eat and they're like, oh, well, he does it. So I'm also going to have, you know, this, you know, pint of ice cream uh, as a, you know, after dinner snack or something like that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Don't don't do what I do just because it, it works for me. You know, you're a totally different person, totally different calorie macro needs. Um, so just be really careful and uh, especially just on the Internet, watching, you know, high level athletes and what works for them. It's going to be a totally different situation, you know, for for you. Uh, that being said, I just basically eat to hunger. If I'm hungry, I eat. Um, and I tend to go on the side of eating to a little bit over full. Um, you know, if you think about that, like mm -hmm. how full are you on a scale of one to 10 when you finish eating, um, you know, that seven or eight is, you know, full, but not uncomfortable or something like that. Um, I just tend to eat on the, the upper end of that. So if I'm trying to actively build muscle and, and gain weight, I try to make sure I'm on the, the top end of that, maybe eating to that eight or a nine. Um, if I am trying to cut weight or lean out for whatever reason, I'll eat on the bottom side of that. So maybe to like a, a six or a seven. Um, and for the most part, that's about as, as uh, dialed in with my nutritional approach as I, as I ever get. I've done more, more detailed kind of tracking periods in the past. I have a fairly good sense of, of what that looks like and what it should feel like when trying to gain versus cut. So I'm able to do that fairly intuitively at this point. That doesn't mean that that will work for everyone else either. Um, a lot of people are very disconnected from some of those hunger and fullness cues and that kind of thing. Um, and they need, you know, some of those numbers on paper to get a sense of, oh, that's what, you know, this amount of food looks like and feels like, et cetera. So if you don't have a lot of experience with it, I think there's tremendous value in doing like five to seven day tracking periods where you look at actually how many calories are going in, how many grams of protein are going in, and that'll help you kind of fine tune some of those internal cues that you can pay attention to for more, you know, more of a sustainable long-term approach to nutrition that you can auto-regulate on your own. I think this is like a really excellent advice because yeah, these hungerfulness cues can be really um, skewed. It can be really, people generally don't have that kind of uh, 
good sense of how much to eat or how to interpret hunger and fullness, right? Uh, especially that I see that um, specifically among women, they go a long time feeling like tired, irritated, headache, and so on, which is hunger. And yeah, they don't interpret it as a hunger. So yeah, th there needs to be some work done, and, uh, especially if, if you are experiencing something like that. And, and if you are changing your diet. <laughs> exactly. That's also. Yeah, you see a lot of people, there's a lot of stuff and, on the internet these days about intuitive eating and like you don't need to track, you don't need to do any of this, just like listen to your body and that kind of thing. And I think it's well intended, but there's so many people that just don't have a clear idea of what that means. They're like, what do you, what do you mean just eat yeah. if I'm hungry? Like I'm always hungry or, or something like that. You know, people don't have a clear understanding of, of what those internal cues really feel like. Um, so intuitive eating just doesn't make a lot of sense for someone that's so disconnected. Um, so it's kind of something you have to work towards um, over time. But once you get there, once you get to a point where you can eat intuitively, I think that's a fantastic approach. Some people just aren't ready for it. Yeah, totally. And it's like really one of my favorite topics, as, as I said, that's the kind of idea that I had when I started, but I could not do it. In the, in the beginning and I still need to be not really intuitive but mindful or intentional about how I eat also uh, that's a little bit different perspective on, on, on the intuitive eating side but what are maybe your staples in your diet or favorite foods yeah yeah um you know I generally rely on uh during the day when I'm busy at work and that kind of thing um like protein shakes and smoothies are a really helpful convenience food for me because uh, it's simply not practical logistically for me to always be cooking and meal prepping and all this kind of stuff for every meal I have throughout the day. Um, so during some long stretches of work where I'm on my feet a lot, I might have a protein shake or two regularly just because it's it's simple, it's easy, um, it doesn't take a lot of time, and it's not a lot of added stress for me. Um, outside of that, some staples for me, I honestly love like Indian food, Thai food. Um, I, make, I either make or go out to eat for a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I love restaurant food and that works for me because I can handle the calories. Uh, and then wherever I'm going, I tend to, you know, ask for like an extra protein portion. So if I'm going out to eat like double tofu or extra, uh, extra beans at Chipotle or, or something like that. Right. Um, so I tend to go out, out to eat quite a bit. Um, but I like a lot of like vegetable curries and, and things along those lines. Um, and then again, I do rely on a lot of those convenience foods during the work day um, just because it, it works for me. Oh, do you like potatoes? <laughs> uh, I I like French fries. Uh, if I was gonna, you know, talk about uh -huh. one like kind of unhealthy food, if you will, or something that's a little bit higher in like refined oils and whatnot, uh, it's hard for me to turn down a, a good side of French fries. Okay, uh, I meant more like other kind of potatoes, which are just maybe cooked or dishes <laughs> that's... Oh yeah, um, potatoes, rice. I mean, those are some of my, my go-tos in terms of carbs and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I don't have any strong preferences one way or the other, you know? Uh, the reason I'm asking is because like I'm from Slovakia and our national food is, uh, potatoes with sheep cheese, uh, fermented sheep cheese actually is really good, but we have a vegan version of that. And I wanted to send you a recipe for that to try it out. <laughs> oh, totally do. I'd be, I'd be more than willing to give it a shot. Yeah, it's uh, qu quite simple to make. So, you know, it's like shepherd's food, you know, yeah. very poor poor people's food. And uh, I think we made a great job of veganizing. It's very easy to veganize. It. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So thank you for your time once again. I really appreciate it. Maybe before we say goodbye. Is there anything else that you feel like maybe we have not covered and uh, that is important to mention? Um, I, I don't think so. Other than, you know, if you have specific questions, if you're listening and you want to ask specific questions about like how much protein do I need or this or that or the other, um, don't hesitate to, to reach out and send us a message because I'm sure both of us would be, be happy to point you in the right direction of some great resources or answer any specific questions you have. So um, don't be shy. Uh, if you have questions that we didn't talk about here, please reach out and let us know. Yeah, definitely. And while we are waiting maybe for those questions, uh, maybe just drop or, or say when can people 
or where, where is the best place, sorry, <laughs> where can people find you or reach out to you? Yeah, so just send me a message on Instagram. You know, I check those pretty often. Uh, I also have my website, alecbonus.com. But if, if you're listening here, you know, you can already just, just tap to find my Instagram page and shoot me a message there and I'll um, get back to you as soon as I can. Yeah, awesome. It seems, I don't know, I don't see any questions here. So, maybe just give it a minute because I know that typing can be yeah, we'll give it a, quite slow. So. We'll give it a minute for questions and I know a lot of people are, are shy on these kind of live things. So, we may get some questions that come into our inboxes later. What's a tasty lunch option for something plant-based? <laughs> um, Whoa, that's a... Yeah, I, I have such a hard time answering some of these really vague questions, to be honest, because everyone's taste preferences are so different. Something that you throw out there is like, this is my favorite really tasty lunch thing that I eat, I might think is totally, totally disgusting. So, yeah. um, you know, you got to find stuff that, that works for you. Um, my go to is find something, you know, without thinking of what's what's plant based or what's healthy or whatever, just what's something you think would be good for lunch. Uh, what's something that you personally find tasty, and then figure out, okay, how can I make this in a way that is a little bit more friendly to my specific macros, um, make it plant-based if it's not already and that kind of thing, but really lean into the things that you already like and already want to eat versus, you know, intentionally seeking out like this is a plant-based or this is healthy or whatever. Um, lean into those preferences that you already have and then just try to tweak it to make it work for, for your nutritional needs. Awesome. Uh, if I can answer this question, then uh, I have a different take on this and what I really find that works very well for me and for many people who are on vegan diet is to think about like bowls like you know these buddha bowls or nourish bowls which is basically you take a source of protein source of carbs some vegetables or some fat and you make a different mixture of that so for example you can take as a source of carbohydrate it can be either potatoes it can be rice it can be bread it can be soft bread whatever or all of it if you want and uh, then you add tofu, beans in different proportions. So you style it um, and you can have these ingredients and you use, for example, different spices and it's completely different meal. So for example, you can have like a dish that is like a curry with uh, curry spices, but at the same time, you can use a different spices to make it or uh, something like chili, right? So. I, I like to use that approach. So I want to move to a more fully plant-based diet, but I have to be on a watch out for my caloric intake. Yes, that's something that we mentioned. An increased iron intake getting more protein, but it's such a struggle on plant-based diet. Okay, so caloric intake, increasing intake of iron. So for me personally, if I'm struggling to get calories as high as they, they need to be, um, leaning towards more higher fat foods, you know, more calorie dense foods uh, is an easy way to ensure that you're getting more calories in. Um, oftentimes a plant-based diet is, you know, tends to be lower in calories for the same kind of level of satiety or fullness, just because it's, you know, lower energy density foods, higher fiber, higher water content, all that kind of stuff. So if you're eating plant-based and feel like you're really full all the time without getting enough calories, just think how can I consume higher energy density foods, which are going to be foods a little bit lower in water, um, lower in fiber, that kind of thing. Um, so that tends to be higher fat foods, you know, more nuts and seeds or coconut, um, things along those lines. Um, I don't want to tell anyone to bump their produce intake down, but if you find that you're relying on like big, like uh, salad and grain bowls and stuff for, for a lot of your calories, maybe think about how can you put like, um, you know, a more fattening dressing on it or something like that to get those calories up. Uh, you know, that's my go-to if you're, you're struggling to get sufficient calories, um, especially assuming that your protein yeah. intake is, is already there. Yeah, uh, and sorry, I misread that question. Uh, what was actually meant was less calories, more iron and more, more protein. So basically uh, pushing down calories and getting more proportion of iron and protein. Oh, okay, so so totally different question. Uh, if you're trying to get more, iron, yeah, totally different. But uh, I'm happy that we answered the both sides yeah, now. Yeah, on the other side, if you're trying to get um, less calories, um, but still trying to keep your your iron and protein high, 
Um, you can tackle it one of two ways. You know, a lot of people will focus on the protein itself and how can I get more protein in the diet, which is kind of the more obvious approach. But on the, at the same time, you can look at the other two macros. So your, your fats and your carbohydrates and just be mindful of, are you getting too many of those in kind of a, a low quality form or something that's easy to minimize? So if you're getting a lot of added oils in your diet, for example, or if you have a lot of, of added sugars, things where you can easily bring that down a little bit just to create more space for protein, that's a great approach. Uh, so for example, say you have 2000 calories a day to work with and you find that you're already getting 300 calories from just the olive oil in your salad dressing. Maybe cut that out first and boom, you got 300 more calories to work with. You're gonna be able to fill that up with something that has a little bit more protein or carbohydrates, more iron, something a little bit more nutritive in the first place. Um, so look for easy things to take out um, that aren't serving your needs to create more space for things that are. Um, that'd be what I would recommend. So I, I see this question very often and uh, let me preface this answer by saying that sometimes people are misguided by how much protein they actually need. So they, for example, is, there is a person who is like 100 pounds and they are trying to get 200 pounds of protein, which they might not need. So uh, let's start by going about 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight. I guess so that would be a good starting point for a person. And uh, let's work on from there. Then we can, like you said, play with uh, other macronutrients. First, I would go or take away from the fats because the sources on a plant-based diet that are rich in protein are, all, sorry, are also rich in carbohydrates. So that will make it easier for you to get like, you have carbohydrates, you have also protein, and you are taking away from fat in that case. Then also you would probably want to use some maybe more processed food, for example, texturized vegetable protein, more tofu, more nato, and tempeh or something like that, or some more processed foods even like uh, like Beyond Burgers or whatever I, it is. But I have something to... be mindful about this. Oh, sorry. Uh, because they are also uh, somehow rich in, uh, in fat. Yeah, go on. So what I'd like to add to that too is I've, I've talked to a lot of people where they're struggling to get adequate protein and they feel like this sense of, of guilt or avoidance or like, well, and I, I don't want to rely on protein powder. Uh, and they, they talk about it like this yeah. bad, evil thing of like, you know, I want to make sure that I don't have to rely on protein powder to hit my protein needs. And it's like, well, why not? Like if, if you're a little bit shy on your protein needs, just throwing in a scoop of protein in some water and like now you're good versus having to completely stress and rearrange your diet and make all these changes that are really psychologically stressful versus, hey, your diet's pretty darn close to fine. Throw a scoop of protein on there and you're good. Um, is sometimes like a really, really simple approach. Um, but people are, are very hesitant and resistant to that because they feel like they're doing something wrong or they're like a bad vegan because they use protein powder or something like that. Uh, and it's just a, a really unnecessary yeah. restriction. Um, so if you find that you're already eating pretty well, you're happy with your diet and you're like, you know, I really need to get 30 or 40 more grams of protein. Don't be hesitant to just throw a scoop of protein on there and call it good. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing if you feel like the quality of your diet is otherwise solid. Yeah, and I wouldn't be also worried about health uh, or negative health outcomes. One scoop of protein will not damage your kidneys or bone health or leach calcium out of your bones or exactly. anything like that. But these are these are topics on their own. Yeah, so hopefully we answered these questions. And yeah, by the way, iron. Um, also lentils and other legumes like soy, soy products, they are rich in iron, yeah, but especially endurance athletes and female endurance athletes sometimes uh, do need to also supplement. So that's something to be mindful about. Not everything can be corrected by diet alone. Perfect. So I guess we answered the question. We have to thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, if there's any other questions out there that you don't, you know, want to ask here right now, or you think of something later on, um, feel free to send us a direct message and we can help you out individually or, or answer it in a story or something like that. Totally. And by the way, uh, if, if you want to get like more protein, uh, then I have a guide with some sample recipes that is like 
1500 calories and uh, at about 100 grams of protein so it has also some room for to put in more food or whatever and i guess that this is a good starting point for your inspiration so just send me a message and i will send you the link awesome well i think okay. that about wraps things up dan is there anything else you want to add or, or wrap this up here i i think we covered it yeah and thank you once again very much for all your time and guys go check out also our hey i thought that was a comment uh yeah go check out also our pages and i think that's that's it for today thank you once again alec and if you are listening to this i will put also the link down in the description so there will be direct click to alex i hope that you enjoyed this episode and before you leave it would be awesome if you could leave rating and a review on the platform or an application that you use for listening it will help me greatly to bring new guests and discuss topics you are interested in by the way check the show notes for important links maybe that we discussed during the episode and all the other and subscribe to health energy and performance newsletter where i share at least one tip about nutrition training and mindset that will help you reach your health and fitness goals easily i would also like to invite you to have a strategy call with me during this 30 minutes call we will first dive into your goals i will get to know you you your lifestyle and you will get a clear direction and know exactly what to do next to progress your training and maybe improve your eating habits i started this as a personal challenge for my 30th birthday and i fell in love with it i really loved connecting with people and helping them solve their issues and problems during these strategic calls so naturally i continue doing so mind you this is not a sales call but you must be ready to invest your energy and time to get the benefit so check the show notes sign up for the call and i will be looking forward to hear from you